Growler Media presents Joe vs. the Minute. Hello everyone and welcome back to Joe vs. the Minute, where we are taking you to the volcano one minute at a time. I'm Jarf. I'm Tierney. And I'm Curtis. Welcome, Curtis. Hey, it's a pleasure to be on. That's great. Thank you. Curtis is our guest and... Tonight, we are talking about minute 31 of Joe versus the Volcano. So I'm very excited to dive into some Lloyd Bridges minutes here. And this minute starts with the doorbell of Joe's apartment buzzing. And it ends with a mysterious man about to tell Joe his name. I love the way this minute cuts. <laughs> right. That's the, that's movies by minute drama. My name Major is it. <laughs> <laughs> what really jumped out to me the most was just the, the very strange way that Lloyd Bridges' character is kind of popping in to view in the doorway. Just considering this pitch that he's about to give him, he is so animated. His eyes are huge. And Joe parts the blinds and there's his face there and he's very, I'm here. And then if you look at it from Joe's perspective, he's thinking, who is this wacky old man? And then what really gets me is he raises his cane with the duck head on it Mm -hmm. as though that is somehow that's like the, the badge that a cop shows okay you gotta let me in here's a and he raises up to the like see i've got this okay let me in and that's that that doesn't make you less strange no i would like to say lloyd bridges literally gives good face the acting through the window is fabulous like he is every syllable that joe utters his face reacts to yes Did you guys get a uh, distinct Will Ferrell vibe from him right when he popped up? Well, now I do. (laughs) Oh. There we go. There's our recast. I was very distracted in the moment because I would like to issue a PSA on our podcast of don't do this to your blinds. That's how blinds break. (laughs) They're already a total pain in the butt. We don't need to add to the drama. But I love this little exchange, and it ties into an awesome theory that I am developing that I think we should put out to the universe. So if in 300 years I was right, I can say like, ha ha, we'll all be heads in jars at that point, right? (laughs) I was going to say, how are you, what's your plan for being alive 300 years from now? No, I was right. Okay. Ghost ghost tyranny. Greenamore asks, Joe, have I come at a bad time? And Joe says, yes, no, I don't know how to answer that, which is great. Many, many hundreds of years ago, people said goodbye to each other by saying, God be with ye, which eventually became goodbye. It basically was an abbreviation. Someone didn't feel like writing out God be with ye, so they wrote goodbye. Is and that we true? we all started saying goodbye. I've heard this from multiple places in my lifetime. I think the next goodbye will be people responding to the question, how's it going or how are you with, fine, how are you? There has to be some way to shorten that. No one actually cares what the answer is when they say, hey, how are you in the morning, like passing you in the hallway at work. Oh, don't even get me started on people that answer that question sincerely. Oh, I do. Hey, how you doing? Oh, you know. That's the thing, though. It's a bogus question now. I launch into it. I consider it my- 
I consider it my mission to teach them a lesson about asking how I am if they don't want to know. <laughs> so I found my podcasting arch rival already. <laughs> <laughs> I give details. <laughs> but there's a difference between how's it going and how are you? I understand that this isn't exactly the same situation because have I come at a bad time is different. But I just start noticing it. Start noticing that no one ever is actually asking that question. It is a greeting. And I think, how are you? fine, how are you, is going to be the next thing that eventually, you know, and in 500 years, they'll say like, fuck, or whatever, and no one will remember that it came out of the fact that humans used to ask each other that question. <laughs> I'm imagining maybe like a finer who? Something like that. I mean, who knows? Who saw goodbye coming out of that? <laughs> what did goodbye come out of? God be with you. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> It's wild because it just seems like you're wishing them a good bye. <laughs> but there was so much more to it. And we needed Tierney to uncover <laughs> the truth. And a lazy monk. <laughs> <laughs> a lazy monk. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> what did you say? Guys. <laughs> what did you say, brother? Oh, God be with you. But we're not saying goodbye. We're saying hello. Hello to a new character. Hello to a new character. Yes, but we're lying. Well, we haven't gotten there yet. Right now, we're just getting him into the building. <laughs> or into the apartment. Into the building to start to wreak havoc on the place. And Maybe this is why I like this character. <laughs> <laughs> right. You go by the Mark Zuckerberg, move fast and break things philosophy, Tierney. This is terrible, and it's giving me anxiety to watch him put more holes in these walls, which were already giving me anxiety. But I also kind of love it. I mean, Greedor is basically a chaos god. Oh my god, you're right. So what we're talking about is he he comes in, he assesses the place, he says, it's not a nice place, <laughs> which is true, rude but true. <laughs> but then he really goes to the next step by just smashing another hole in the wall with his cane. And I think Joe's reaction to that is just priceless. His face. Yes. <laughs> I want to jump back just for a second. Jump on back. Have you guys noticed that the uh, the duck imagery appears throughout this movie? Nice call out. Yes. So that is <laughs> that, that's something not something about? that I noticed w when I watched I, it back in the day. Duck. Okay. No, this is not our first duck. There was a duck in Dr. Ellison's office. Oh my God, you're right. Oh my God, you're right. Wow, that was not that long ago. <laughs> well, you know, I feel stupid. You know, the first time I watched this, I was a kid, so I wasn't looking for anything. This time I'm watching it and I'm like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> he holds the duck right up next to his face. And he's like, hi. Totally telegraphing what's going to happen later. Do you guys do spoilers? Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> I've gone back and forth on that. <laughs> I'm trying to think, though. That's that's the only instance I've seen it. Did you guys... Have you guys watched the whole movie, or are you doing it a minute at a time, uh, sort of, without re-watching it? Oh, no. I've seen this movie so many times. I didn't worry about re-watching it, because I had it, like, quasi-memorized. <laughs> Why did you have it memorized? Because it's my favorite movie. Uh, there is a duck later on on the island. Oh, okay. Like yep. an actual living yeah. duck? Yeah. Quacking. Does that I'm happen? Does that happen when something dishonest is going on? Oh, the duck of dishonesty! <laughs> I think the duck is dishonesty. 
He's the harbinger of the chaos god. I love this so much. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know if it was just a coincidence from the doctor's office or if it showed up multiple times throughout the movie and meant something bad. It definitely does. I love it. I also love that we have a duck and a lightning bolt in this minute. Hey, where's Same the li- symbology? Where's the lightning bolt? The hole in the wall on <gasps> the right side of the screen. Oh my god, it is. Oh my god, it is the lightning bolt. Yes. This is amazing. We just captured that on the air. <laughs> Crazy. I know, it's wild, right? Yeah, that is actually that is actually the symbol. Yeah. Okay, so what do you guys know about the lightning bolt? I guess you've already had the show going for like 30 episodes. Have you already talked about it? (laughs) It comes up. It's a neat design. (laughs) I was trying to call out every instance of a lightning bolt, but it's used as the logo of the company he used to work for. And I was told that I needed to stop it because I was adding so many sound effects to our episode. (laughs) (laughs) Well, should we go full spoiler discussion on the lightning bolt? Do you want it? I mean, that sentence alone warned them if they don't want to know. I think we should. You're right. So I think that the lightning bolt is the crooked path that Joe has to travel through life to get to where he is in the end, self-actualized, ready to have a relationship. And that's why they repeat that symbol throughout. Thoughts? That's what I was going to say. My only question is how many twists and turns throughout the actual movie does it take and does that match the number in the symbol? Ooh. Oh, that's a good question. It's writ. I'm kind of picturing it's a kind of one, and then back up two, three. Hmm. So we've got kind of we've got kind of uh, at the thing gets diagnosed with the disease. It gets the first instance of of Melody Melanie <laughs> Griffith. I forget her name in the movie. I'm sorry. No, Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan. I'm sorry, Meg Ryan. Yeah, one, two. Then they get on the boat, get there, four, five. So I'm saying there's about five good five good turns in this movie. One, two, three, four, five. Oh, fifth turn. Fifth turn, he finally ends up going straight. So I'm going to ask one of our listeners that has some artistic slash graphic design skill to see if they can map the timeline of Joe's progress along the Crooked Path of the Lightning Bolt as an illustration of your point there, Curtis. I think that would be very fun to see. God, I'm almost motivated to do that myself just to make sure I'm not crazy. (laughs) You know what is not fun to see? That Joe lives in an illegal apartment. Why do you say illegal? Because there's no way the wall going through a fireplace is up to code. That looks like an apartment that was originally a bigger place cut into multiple apartments. Okay, And he was a firefighter, so he should know better. Maybe that's why he felt safe. He's like, I got this, but I think it was wrong. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like Brazil. It's kind of like... The 80s had this kind learn of... learn more about Joe. Go ahead, sorry. No, well, okay. In the 80s, people kind of created worlds rather than just filming stuff that existed. Mm-hmm. And this was kind of one of the things I remember a lot of. There was a lot of, you know, rooms that were cut in half like this. Brazil being the first example that comes to mind, where they literally had the wall. They were pushing back and forth to try to get more room. <laughs> right. <laughs> as long as it isn't like in Wall Street when Darianne redecorates the apartment and she puts in like the fake holes 
plaster thing, whatever. That whole, like, redoing it very expensively to make it look like it's messed up, that's not a good look. I'm very glad that stayed in the 80s. It should stay there. <laughs> but I don't believe this is on purpose. I think there are just holes in the walls, and that's not okay. It's so bad. Because there's already a hole there when he hits it. Well, and then... Let's see. I'm trying to trying to get the geography of this down. At the beginning of the minute, when he's sitting at his kitchen sink thing, playing his mm-hmm. ukulele, he's looking out the window. There's a wall yep. to the left of the window that goes straight out from the window. And is this room just a big rectangle? Because he looks he looks directly behind him. Yeah. At I the think door. It, I think I think there's that entryway where we saw him and Dee Dee, and then you pass through that archway into the kitchen slash living room area. Okay. And then it looks like there's a room behind the entryway on the other side from the kitchen living room. Right. And then another door off that. So one of those would be the bathroom and one would be the bedroom. Do we know where he lives neighborhood-wise? He later refers to living on Staten Island. Okay. So I've always assumed that that's where the apartment was, because I don't see him saying that about where he worked. And they take the ferry back, remember? So I think he's Staten Island. Well, also, the factory's kind of in the middle of a muddy field. Yeah, I'm not sure where the factory is. But I think this apartment is Staten Island, which is funny because everything I've seen set in Staten Island has been in houses, but I don't know it that well. That could just be a different part of it. Well, it might just be a fairy tale land, too. That's true. Although, to be fair, the Mindy Project was not also, like, the most realistic thing ever. But <laughs> that's that's what I'm thinking of. One of the characters there lives in Staten Island. And they go and visit his mom a bunch. Can we go back to Lloyd Bridges' performance and... God, yes. <laughs> so I pulled this excerpt from the screenplay where they introduce his character. And in this, I'm going to spoil his name, which is not really that big of a spoiler, but I just wanted We've to say that worse. anyway. <laughs> We've done worse. So the whole theme of the movie. So, But I wanted to hear you react to this description of the character and basically is Lloyd Bridges bringing what was described. So Shanley says, in the hallway is a powerful, glittering-eyed old man of 70, Mr. Greenamore. He's wearing a long black cashmere overcoat, a dramatic but not silly black fedora, and cowboy boots. He carries a vacuum-sealed can of planter's peanuts in his pocket. He's got a cane with a duck's head. So, a duck... Well, intentional and yeah, I really changed the color of his coat <laughs> <laughs> right slightly different hat planters peanuts wait a minute yeah. i take issue with but not silly black fedora i know that since this movie was made that has become kind of a a thing but back in this day the only fedora was indiana jones and was not silly you know it really depends on who's wearing it because i am a child of the 80s and my younger brother, inspired by Indiana Jones, got a fedora of his own. He did not look cool. Well, I think probably that age of person who grew up wearing a fedora thinking they're cool is how we ended up with the uh, with the milady meme today. With the what today? The, the, you know, the, the guy with the tip of the hat and says milady. The red pillar guy. <gasps> oh, you know... Uh, He's a fat guy, and he tips his hat, and he thinks he's suave, but really, he's not. You really don't know that meme? Oh, I see it. 
<laughs> Where is <laughs> this from? <laughs> I think that's just a guy that was a civilian who got memed because of his silliness. Yeah. Milady meme. That's all you got to type in. Tipping intensifies. <laughs> <laughs> Listen live while we Google memes. But actually, I... I <laughs> There was a volunteer that we had to kick out of one of our volunteer groups when I was on the board of Books Through Bars, nonprofit that sent books to prisoners, because we we had open packing nights where we would pack up books. And this guy basically was trying to be a living, breathing version of the Milady meme. Ooh. And he would stand at the door and make every woman and, and young lady who came through to kind of run the gauntlet of his old-timey affections, and he would, like, go to shake their hand and then kiss their hand. Uh, it's like, no, no, you, you gotta oh, go. God, I just got shame goosebumps. Yes, it was a very bad and awkward situation, but we kicked him out, so all the better. You you had to kick him out after. I'm just taking it back. You talked to him, I, I assume, like, "Hey, quit that," and he wouldn't. And so you had to resort to kicking him out. Exactly. Oh my god. People like that tend not to be the most self aware and convinced that they're doing nothing right. Exactly. Wrong. <laughs> oh, I'm just being a gentleman. No, it's this is not 1908. You gotta go. <laughs> well, so there was this period of time where Fedora was cool. And then, and then those guys turned twenty seven, <laughs> and started just yeah, being I creepy. From, I went straight from India. Harrison Ford is Indiana Jones to Tom Hanks is Joe Banks. Fedora's okay with me. And my favorite thing is that my dad foolishly bought himself a actual fedora that. He, his brother-in-law, they live in Maine, and he was like, hey, you know what's really great when you're pushing a snowblower at 5 a.m.? A nice warm fedora <laughs> on your head. And so he got one. And then his daughters got super into Indiana Jones, and that happened. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just put a reminder in our spreadsheet that I have a picture of my sister playing the trumpet wearing a fedora, because obviously that's the coolest thing you could do. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, please do share that. And yes, you're right. We do see we do see the peanuts. I was more so wondering why. Just pure quirkiness. Oh, okay. I, I've got a question. Is it in <laughs> is it in the script that they made out of the movie or was it in the actual script? It's in the actual script. Okay. So peanuts were intentional. This movie is so weird and quirky and seems to have so many pointless things going on in it that I have to think that the peanuts mean something. I, I wonder. It seems to be a pattern that there are things that are symbolic, and he will hit them really hard. As Tierney mentioned, she was trying to count the lightning bolts and add a fun sound effect, and then we reached lightning bolt overload, and we couldn't keep track anymore <laughs> when there was a scene where there was more than 20 of them because it was a logo on every little box <laughs> in the warehouse. But then there are other things that he seems to add that's just to give a character a little bit of business to do or basically just because he realizes, hey, I can describe everything. And so I, I get to say exactly what they have in their pockets. So I, I, I don't know. Well, and spoiler alerts for Wednesday, but he's going to get out of here. <laughs> that may be the least dramatic spoiler that's ever been spoiled. <laughs> oh, great. 
<laughs> like, why even watch the movie? Now? He's gonna open the jar of peanuts. <laughs> What came first? Who knows? These are Chekhov's peanuts. That's That's all I'm saying. Boy, this episode is not lacking for potential titles, I'll tell you. I know. I wrote down one because I was like, oh, I don't want to forget that. And that's your job. Thank goodness. (laughs) Actually, we were in the spreadsheet at the same time and I was... you were writing in the same cell, and I was like, I bet she's going to write the same thing I was thinking. But you weren't. You had another thing. So we <laughs> are on fire. Not literally. Don't <laughs> Not worry. Not literally. Don't worry. I think, I don't know. I think that's maybe minute 31. What do you, what do you two think? I kind of want to go back and just talk about one more thing. The, uh, you guys were talking about this apartment not being up to code <laughs> so on the side with the the lightning bolt clearly that's lath board and plaster right that's been knocked out in that pattern yeah but on the wall that he smashes his cane through that cane goes right through to daylight and you can see the window next to it so yeah. what is on the outside of this building just the other side of that piece of lath board and plaster well at least that one like the lath board and plaster is in an interior right. wall but there are also holes that are less elaborate and large on the other side. So it is implied that it's a different material because it breaks differently. Like you couldn't get this lightning bolt in the exterior wall. It's still not good. I just want to be clear on that. If your apartment is like this apartment, you need to contact a lawyer <laughs> to represent you to get your money back. You guys sound like you do not live in rural <laughs> Iowa. No, I lived in rural central PA. There are just piece of crap houses that you can rent for 50 bucks. And for 50 bucks, you, you put up with it. That's almost everyone All in right. their 20s that isn't going to college and has no future. And th- then one day Lloyd Bridges just barges into <laughs> your house and, and tells you it's not a nice place and just starts breaking the walls. Usually it's your friend Jeremy partying too hard. <laughs> like the Kool-Aid man. Someone's head always goes through the wall that way. I will say the show itself has some issues, but the episode of Girls where Hannah goes out to Iowa and rents like a house for half her apartment rent in New York City felt very true. Yeah, I don't even know if it's half. A house is like five hundred bucks to rent. But it's 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 way we should end this minute before I it's way cheaper to just buy one. In Boston you figure a thousand bucks a bedroom. Yeah. I lived in Revere for six months, and it was it was six hundred and fifty for my room. Yeah, just just in case you're <laughs> sobbing, as you're saying. <laughs> well, I think we're gonna wrap up here as Tierney is pulling it together. Curtis, can you come back on Wednesday for minute thirty two, and maybe we can get in a little bit more about your your background with this movie, so on. Come back. I mean, I don't mean to be creepy, but look outside your door right now. <laughs> Oh my gosh, he's there. He's got his duck cane. (laughs) He's been there the whole time. (laughs) But seriously, Curtis, where can people find you on the internet? Okay, right now I'm in the middle of putting out... Actually, Jason and I are in the middle of putting out Better Off Dead Minute. I don't know, I have a list of things. I'm working on the Neuromancer Minute, which is a minute-by-minute look at the audiobook Neuromancer. Oh, cool. Who reads the two dozen narration for that? I don't know. I don't remember the the talent's name. So to be clear, it's an audiobook already. Yeah, you're Googling it, aren't you, Jar? <laughs> I am. Um, and then, you know, yeah. I don't know. I do a local news website, sacknews.com, and I am a photographer here in Des Moines. Nice. Better Off Dead, very fun choice. I 
Obviously, I am an advocate for more comedy movies by minute entries. I love that movie in particular, so that should be super fun. I honestly don't know how anyone could do comedies movie by minute if it's not Savage Steve Holland. Because he puts... he packs so much stuff in the background in those movies. Other movies just seem like set up, punchline, set up, punchline, nothing else going on. Well, I was going to suggest that you do a spinoff and cover Dead Men on Campus, but I guess I'll keep that <laughs> if we If we were to continue with the Better Off Dead thing, the next one would be One Crazy Summer, and the next one after that would be How I Got Into College, and then ended off with High Fidelity. Mm. That's what That's what we consider the series. And do you have a fever dream theory where there's some kind of connection between the Cusacks? If you watch those movies, they are the same guys. Huh. They just, I, they're you know, they're not named the same thing. But right. eh, Lloyd likes to ski. Hoops likes to shoot baskets. The how I get into college person is a girl, but may as well be John Cusack. It's into the Cusack-verse. <laughs> right. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I think we've talked about my internet stuff way too much already. Tierney, how about you? Where can people find you on the internet? Oh, well, if you peek through the blinds of the internet and are looking for me, I can be found. <laughs> I lost Steve. Sorry, I'm looking at pictures of this. I'm terrible like that. Uh, <laughs> I can be found on social media as One Steel Sister, O-N-E-S-T-E-E-L-E-S-I-S-T-E-R. And OneSteelSister.com has links to all my work, including my completed podcasts and this one and hopefully a forthcoming one. That's a really good idea. What is your full list of of minutes? What are all? What do you mean? Yeah, what are the shows shows that you've hosted? So I did Return to Oz Minute, The Never Ending Minute, Never Ending Story, MASH Minute, and now Joe versus the Minute. I also have links to my guest appearances and, like I said, the forthcoming, but looking at when this episode's going to air, and I'm still not going to say it yet because it's too early. (laughs) (laughs) But if you want to support Tierney's ongoing efforts to create all this fantastic content, she also has a Patreon. Yes, I do. You'll never guess what the name of it is. It's There you go. There it is. (laughs) And there's a link to it through my website. I really liked the suggestion Jarf made beforehand when we were getting our episode set up and we were having some technical difficulties. And he asked, are you talking? And I typed back, I am always <laughs> talking. And I kind of wonder if that should be like my business motto, like my slogan. <laughs> One steel sister. Yes, I'm 100%. <laughs> And Tierney and Curtis will be back uh, to continue talking about Joe versus the volcano on Wednesday. Until then, I'm on Instagram at Jarf Harden. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Joe versus Minute. And I think that we've taken Minute 31 to much weirder. Oh, that's not. <laughs> Much weirder places than I even imagined. And we we uncovered some symbols that it's um, one another hadn't seen. So uh, we've really done it. So, Tierney, what should our destination be? Away from the things of man. Away from the things of man. Always. <laughs> <laughs> now I don't know. Let me say
wow, something is really different. I'm a growler. 